Well, this morning, I want to I bring a, a, a message to you. Um, I was reminded of a story of, of my childhood. I was, when I was a young boy, we were a bunch of cousins that lived next door to each other. There was like three houses in a row, and then there was a nursing home next to us, which should have been illegal because we kind of ran the whole neighborhood. And, and we were a rambunctious group. We were full of energy, a lot of boys. And so my aunts didn't know what to do with us during the summertime because it it, we could just be too much. And so they, I'll never forget one summer they took us to this place. It's somewhere, I don't know exactly where it's at today, but it's somewhere between Franklin and Homa. There's this creek. It's like a creek slash bayou. It's a big creek. And people would go and they would hang out and it was kind of sandy and there were shade trees and they would spend their summers there. And so they brought us there this one time, and it was the first time we had gone, and, and then we were excited. We didn't know what to, how to handle ourselves, and we just, we got there, and they were trying to give us some instructions, and one of my relatives, a distant cousin of mine, he kind of went off rogue. He just, just kind of took off by himself. Come on, we all got a cousin like that, right? <laughs> if you don't, you might be that cousin. <laughs> and so, so he, he saw that there was a tree that had fallen across the creek. And so without any instructions, he just runs out to that tree, gets in the middle of it, and just dives off. Like he gets there, and he just goes, whew. And we're all looking, and he dives off, and he hits the water. And all we saw was his waist up sticking out of the water like this. <laughs> and we, we bust out laughing, and it was funny until he didn't move. And then my aunt and some other people come running in and they grabbed him, they pulled him to bank and, and he, had, he had messed up his neck and his spine and had to get the ambulance out there and it was like, we felt bad for laughing. And it was like, wow. So the lesson of the day was, is if you're going to dive off into something, you better know how deep it is, right? So the title of my message today is The Deep End. The deep end. Over the years, I've, I've met many of people and had plenty of conversations with folks who love to, watch this, go deep in the things of God. We love to go deep in his word. Come on, how many of you love to go deep in God's word? Like, like you like to read your Bible and get your mind blown back, right? It's good. We like to go deep in spiritual things. We like to go deep in experiences with God. And, and I, I myself love all of that, and I think it's incredible. But I think we need to clean it up a little bit. Because I know some people over the years that have, in the name of going deep, have gone so deep they never came back. It's like, where'd they go? Some of them have gone so deep, they're not even serving Jesus anymore. So let me help you today and show you how to go deep. You ready? Anybody want to go deep? Let's go deep. We're going to be in John chapter 15 for most of the message, and then I'm going to in inject two verses outside of John 15, but we're going to stay right here. So I'm going to read the whole thing to you, then I'm going to break it apart uh, as we go. So here we go, John 15, starting in verse 5. It says this, yes, I am the vine. Jesus is speaking, by the way. I am the vine. You are the branches. That means you. Uh, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, say it with me. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything, say anything, anything, anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. 
You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. You are now my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I didn't appoint you to go. I, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Come on, that's good stuff. I believe Jesus wants to say three things to us today. Very simple, but yet very deep. And I hope you can grab a hold of it. Number one, Jesus would say to us today, stay put. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, just stay put. Some of you got ants in the pants. Every time you get uncomfortable, you move. Anytime you get a, 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 somebody that rubs against you the wrong way, you get offended and you move. Stay put. Calm down. Stay put. Chill out, relax, and stay put. Amen. Amen. So verse 5, Jesus says this. He says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. I want you to see something. He's talking about me remaining in him and him remaining in me. It's reciprocal. Come on, it's, 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 it's what a marriage is all about. So I just slid that in there. Yeah. Skip to verse seven. He says this, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you're my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. So there's two main words used to describe what Jesus is talking about here. It's the word abide and the word remain. If you look at most of the common, most common translations of the Bible, you'll see the word abide or you'll see the word remain. Now, there's some words that go along with those words to help bring a, greater, a great clarity to the definition. I want to give you a few of those words. So to abide means to remain. It means to continue. It means to dwell. It means to endure. Come on. It means to endure. It means to be present. It means to stand. And it means to tarry. That means to stay there for a while. Stay there. Are you seeing it? So all of us struggle sometimes to abide, right? If that's you, if you've ever struggled to abide, to stay with Jesus, come on, raise your hands. Yeah, about 50 honest people. We all struggle, and, and if we're struggling to abide in Jesus, then that means we're being tempted to do something that is the opposite of abiding. And what does that mean? Here's a couple of words that will represent the opposite of abiding, it means this, it means to bail, bail out, bug out, buzz out, clear off, clear out, cut out, depart, exit, go off, leave, pack up or walk out. Question, have you ever used any of those words? <laughs> Come on, get real honest with yourself this morning. You ever feel like packing up, walking out, cutting out, clearing out, bugging out? Bailing out. Every one of us is different, and we come from different experiences. But the one thing we have in common is the enemy of our soul and the flesh that we have to live with. We all have something that causes us to want to pack up, bug out, bail out, leave, or walk out. All of us have something. It may not be the same for each one of us, but all of us has something, a trigger, a sensitive spot that the enemy would want to come and touch to get you to quit. Mm -hmm. 
Jesus has a question for you today. What are you going to do? That's what he wants to know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when you don't get what you want? What are you going to do when someone gets sick? What are you going to do when you suffer loss? What are you going to do when it happens again? What are you going to do when they don't change fast enough? Mm-hmm. I got a feeling that one's going to get you. Let me say something to you prophetically today. Jesus is saying this to every one of us, every single person in this building today. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying, stay with me. Endure with me. Be present with me. Stand with me. Continue with me. Don't go off by yourself. Stay right here with me because you know this to be true. I can suffer by myself or I can suffer with the one who knows how to suffer, right? I can struggle by myself or I can struggle with the one who knows how to help me. Mm-hmm. I can stand on my own, which I usually can't do very long, or I can stand with the one who's still standing today. Amen. Amen? And that's an invitation that Jesus says to us today. I want you to come and be with me. I want you to stand with me. Abide with me. Just stay right here with me. I know you're going to go through trouble. No problem. Let's do it together. Can we just go through it together? So Jesus uses three verses in this one portion of scripture to to describe some benefits that we get of abiding with him. Say benefits. Benefits. How many of you like benefits? Come on. How many of you like to order a a three-piece chicken strip and you get five? (laughs) Okay, you like, I see your language now. Here's four, here's four benefits that come with abiding with Jesus. Number one, he says you will produce much fruit. You know what that means? That means your life is going to be tasteful. Your life is going to be good. Your life is going to give life to other people. That means people are going to want to be around you just because of your fruit. Mm-hmm. You're going to produce much fruit. Then he says this, you may ask for anything you want and it'll be granted. Now, let me just pause here for a second because that one kind of blows my mind a little bit. Does that one seem just a little bit odd? Like Jesus said, you can ask for anything you want. And then it says, and it'll be granted to you. I kind of got an image of a genie and like, like you just rub Jesus' back and then poof, I'll give you whatever you want. <laughs> he says, I'll give you anything you want. I'll grant it to you. How can he make such a bold statement? Don't he know we're a little selfish? Don't he know we're a little gangster? Don't he know we got a little old self left in us that likes me a whole lot? And don't he know I might ask for a Ford F-250 2021 edition King Ranch? Come on, somebody. You really saved if you buy a Ford. Nah, don't preach now, y'all. Y'all of a sudden, y'all won't preach. But listen to what Jesus said. He said, you can ask for anything you want and it'll be granted to you. How can he make such a bold statement? 
He must have incredible confidence that if we remain in him and he remains in us, that we're not gonna go rogue. We're not gonna go crazy. We're not gonna ask for things for myself. We're gonna ask for things for the kingdom. He knows the power of abiding in him and him abiding in us. It changes us. It changes us. It's not about me anymore. It's about the kingdom. It's about advancing the kingdom. It's about the lost. It's about bringing glory to the Father. Because I'm telling you right now, when Jesus gets in you and you start getting into him, you're going to change. You're going to change. Honestly, you're going to fade away. And it's not going to be about you anymore. That's when you know you got some fruit. The third benefit is that much fruit is the qualifier of being a true disciple. So when you produce much fruit, it says to the world around you that this is a follower of Jesus. That's a benefit. The fourth thing is, is it says this, that you will bring great glory to God. How many of you want your life to reflect God? How many of you want your life to be giving glory to God? How many of you want when you're laying in your casket one day, the people gathered around go, man, let me tell you something, that dude loved God. That dude loved God. He loved his family. How many of you want people telling stories about how I was broke, man? And bro, he came by at the perfect time and slipped me $500. And I know I'm not supposed to tell on him, but he's dead. He can't do nothing about it now. <laughs> Bring glory to God. So what happens if we bail out? Because we need to address that because Jesus addressed it, right? What happens if we bail out? Well, he tells us in verse 5, at the end of verse 5, and all of verse 6, listen to what he says, for apart from me, you can do nothing, which means this simply, it's not that you can no longer do anything. You'll do whatever you've been normally doing. It just won't do anything for the kingdom. You'll do nothing to bring glory to God. You'll do nothing to build the kingdom. You'll do nothing to help the lost. You'll do nothing that way. You'll do a lot, but it'll be useless. Then he says this in verse six, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Now this is hard and, and you're gonna have to pull your, your pants up a little bit on this one because Jesus gives us a fair warning of what happens when we disconnect, when we bail out, when we quit, when we give up. You think you're just quitting. You have no idea what you're doing when you bail out because he tells us in verse six that anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away. Watch this, listen to these words, like a useless branch. And withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Now we got to deal with that because if Jesus tells us that in his word, then we can't run from these kinds of things. We got to stand up to this word right here. You got to take account for your own life. Have you bailed out? Have you given up? Have you walked out? Have you walked out on Jesus because something didn't happen the way you thought it was? Well, what you don't realize is that because you boudeed and you pouted and you walked out, you're not realizing what happens. All of a sudden, you become useless for the kingdom. Then the Bible says this it doesn't say that you die right away, He says that you wither. I moved to Jennings over 20 years ago. My wife and I, we bought a house on Norwood Drive and we had the house appraised. We loved the house. We had the appraisal done and I got the appraisal and I'm looking through the pictures of the appraisal and the guy took a, a picture from the street and, and we had two big live oak trees in the front that had never been trimmed. Come on, David Daigle. They'd never been trimmed. You couldn't even see the house. 
Well, that bothers me. I'm a little OCD with the yard. Like I was actually the guy that would go out and tell you, please don't park on my grass. Sorry, sorry. I might've told some of y'all that. If I did, I apologize. But, but so I got out there with my saw, man. I went to trimming up my trees because I want you to see my house. I bought the house for you to see it, right? And then so I trimmed up all the trees and then they hit the ground and, and I was tempted to be lazy. This was a Saturday. I, I trimmed them all up and I, I, I said, no, I'm not gonna be lazy. I'm gonna stack them on the trailer today. So I got them all, stacked them on the trailer. I had to get my big tail up on the top to push them down. So I get the ratchet strap across. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Pushed them all down, ratcheted them down and I couldn't get to the dump till Monday. So them tree, them tree limbs, them branches sat in my driveway for two days. You know, the funny thing is they still look like they were alive. And they would have stayed that way for a couple more days before the leaves started turning brown. You see, sometimes we think we're good when we bail out on Jesus because we don't instantly feel something. But what happens is you start to dry up. You start to get brittle. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't, don't get quiet on me now. I mean, like, yeah, you love it when I'm telling you you're good and you're all that, but you... <laughs> yes, sir. You begin to wither. Jesus gives clear warning, you'll, you'll, you can do nothing, you'll be thrown away like a useless branch, you'll begin to wither, and eventually you'll burn. Watch this, the greatest proof of your abiding is the fruit in your life, which means this, today you need to examine your fruit. And if you're having a hard time examining your own fruit, you need to ask somebody that loves you, and that'll tell you the truth, <laughs> to examine your fruit. Is there more love than there used to be? Is there more patience than there used to be? Is there more joy than there used to be? Is there more long-suffering than there used to be? Is your fruit better today than it was the other day? Come on. So Jesus says to stay put. Number two, the second thing I believe he's telling us today through these verses is let me love you. Let me Love you. And some of you are going, yeah, that's no problem. Come on. Like, like bring it on, Jesus. Like, I'll take it. Yeah, let, let me love you. He's still saying that to you, too. Let me love you. You see, that word let is a big word, though it's only three letters. Verse 9, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in in his love, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Wow. So much in here. Jesus wants to love you just like the Father loved him. He's given us an invitation to stay, to remain in his love. You don't have to live outside of God's love. Did you hear that today? You don't have to live outside of God's love. You don't have to run away from it. You can let him love you. I know you got hurt the last time you tried to let a person love you. I know you got disappointed the last time somebody said they loved you and they did that thing again. But listen to me, we're not talking about somebody. We're talking about Jesus. Amen. Let me love you. It's an invitation to stay. Stay in my love. So let's unpack this for a minute because Jesus is doing something that we got to get a hold of today. He's connecting, watch this, obedience with love. He's joining the two together. Sometimes we think obedience is what you experienced when you was a kid and your mom or dad made you cut the grass and they made you take out the trash and wash the dishes and clean up your room. That's not what Jesus is after. He's not looking for people to clean up the earth. 
He's connecting obedience with love. Oh, you got to get this. What he's telling us today is that when you obey what I command, you set yourself up to experience my love. I figured we'd have to work on it a little bit. So to obey Jesus' commands is to remain in his love. But boss, sometimes we don't like what he says. Come on. Sometimes we don't want to do what he says, right? Because he'll tell you to love your enemies. You won't throat punch them. Yeah. Oh, no, Jesus, uh-uh. You're going to have to fix that when we get to heaven. Not today. <laughs> but, but obeying his commands is remaining in his love. So as we obey his commands, we experience his love. Are you starting to see the correlation? One, so one act of obedience leads to an experience of love. Watch this. That same experience of love leads to another act of obedience. That second act of obedience leads to more experiences of love, which leads to more acts of obedience, which leads to more experience of love. Do you see how it's working? Jesus has it all set up. Obedience and commandments were designed to reveal his love. So you'll never experience it until you do what he says. That's why he says, forgive, or you will not be forgiven. Whew. So, so, so when you finally forgive that person, watch this, then you experience God's love, and you go, you know what, next time I'm going to just do it a little bit quicker. Come on, because you're going to get offended again, and you, so you say, okay, I'm going to do it a little bit quicker, right? And then I experience love, and then I obey his command. Tell me you're seeing this, because it's important. Because he says this, he says, if or when you obey my commands, you remain in my love. We got to deal with that today. Do you see how it gets better and better? Do you see how it gets deeper and deeper? It's like a snowball running down a hill. I know we can't relate to that because we don't know what that is. <laughs> right? Especially today. I I'd kill for a snowball. Yes. Even a snow cone. <laughs> But it, it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You know what that's called? That's called spiritual growth. You know what else that's called? That's called going deep. Oh, too many people want to go deep to blow their heads up. Jesus wants you to go deep to blow your heart out. Yeah. Amen? He wants to touch the world around you with your heart, not what's in your head. So commandments are designed to reveal love. So why is God's love so important? Jesus told me some of y'all might be asking that question. She's like, what's the big deal about love? Love don't mean nothing to me. Love's never been proven to me. And I apologize for that because the world around us has cheapened love so much. They use love so loosely today. Love is so confusing today. So, so why is God's love so important. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 to 19, he says this, then Christ will make his home in your hearts and as you trust in him. You see that? <laughs> Here's the thing about God you got to understand. He moves as you move. <laughs> yep. So you get mad and stop. He'll stop. You get over it and move. He moves. Listen to that. 
then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. I've come to this conclusion. I will spend the rest of my life trying to experience the very depth of God's love. I don't think I'll ever get there. But that doesn't mean I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying. That doesn't mean I'm not going. That doesn't mean I quit. Amen? Listen to this last sentence. Then you will be made, say it with me, complete. With all the fullness of life and power. Watch this. That comes from God. Oh, this world gives you cheap imitations. God gives you the real deal, baby. It's the original love. It's not a a, a copycat love. It's not a manufactured love. It's not an organic or, or, or scientifically proven love. It's the real deal, the original. You'll be complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. Some of you today, listen to me carefully, you're just going to have to let God love you. You'll never become who you fully need to be until you let God love you. I know you want to, maybe you just don't know how to. When he tells us by keeping his commands, can't run from that. The third thing I feel like Jesus is telling us today is this. Now that you're staying put and now that you're letting me love you, now I want you to love others the same way. It's not not complicated. It's deep, but it's not complicated. Stay put. Stay with me. Do what I tell you to do and you'll experience my love. As you do that, and as you experience my love, turn and give it to whoever is around you. You don't ever have to wonder who to give it to. Whoever is around you, give it to them. Very simple. Anybody. Anybody that crossed your path, give them the same love that you've received. Verse 12. You getting something yet? This is my commandment, love each other the same way. In the same way I've loved you, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you're my friends. Now you're my friends. Now you're my friends. Since I told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. So twice he tells us what the commandment is. The commandment is to turn and love those around you. Love anyone around you. But this is what we got to wrestle with today because you can only give away what you've received. Which pushes it back to point two. If you don't let him love you, 
you get nothing to give away. Ha! Obedience is not to get you to heaven, y'all. Obedience is to set you up to experience God's love. Come on, somebody. Obedience is a setup. It's a setup for you to experience God's love because when you walk out what he's telling you to walk out, he's right there with you and you get to do it together and you get to experience how much he loves you and how much he loves the person who offended you or wronged you or hurt you. So I've learned how to love others by evaluating how God has loved me. You see, sometimes you got to pay attention to how God has loved you. My wife and I got, well, she got pregnant. I didn't. Um, <laughs> my wife was pregnant for our first kid. Let me see if I can dig myself out of this ditch. She was pregnant for our first kid, Virginia, and, and I had a freak out moment with Jesus one day. I was like, ah, I didn't have a daddy at home. I don't know what to do. I, I was like freaking out. I'm like, Jesus. You're giving me a kid. I wanted one, but now I got one. I don't know what to do with it. Come on, anybody feel my pain? I was like, Lord, what do I do? Lord, what do I do? Help me, help me, help me. You know what he told me? The Holy Spirit whispered in my ear. He said, you just do to them whatever I do to you. And I went, wow. So my oldest is getting ready to be 22. So for 22 years now, I've been trying. I hadn't always got it right, but I've been trying to just do to them what God has done to me. It's not, it's not complex. It's actually pretty simple. So, so I've, I've had to evaluate how God has loved me over the years. When I've been mean to other people, he would correct me and not beat me. Come on, somebody. When I was stubborn to change, God was patient with me. He didn't, throw, he didn't throw his hands up in a temper tantrum and storm out of my life. He would gently and consistently encourage me to change. When my feelings got hurt, he never told me to suck it up. Instead, he sat down next to me and he listened to me and he put his arm around me and he loved me. So because of how I've experienced his love, I'm able to give it away the same way. So watch this. I'm learning how to sit and listen to people who are hurting. I'm learning how to be patient with those who are being stubborn. I'm learning how to be gentle with people who are mean. I'm lear- I said I'm learning. <laughs> I'm not a pastor because I'm perfect. I'm learning. So evaluate how God has loved you in the past and give that same love away to others today. But the Lord told me some of you were going to hit a brick wall right here. So he's got something he wants to say. I'm serious. I was writing my message and the Lord said you need to put this in there because some, there's going to be some people wherever you preach this message that are going to hit a wall right here because they're going to have a, just going to have a hard time moving past this. And he said, he told me why. He said, because there's going to be people in the audience and people in the church that feel like they've believed the lie that I don't belong. Mm-hmm. They've, they've lived under the lie that I don't fully belong. I don't belong in God's kingdom. I don't belong with this church. I don't belong with this spiritual family. I don't belong in a relationship with God. And so you've struggled over the years because you believe the lie that you don't belong. 
But the last time I read my Bible, it said that if you, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth, you are saved. And when you're saved, you go from being an enemy of God to becoming a friend of God. That's what the Bible says. That's not what Pastor Jamie said. The Bible said that means God inspired a man to write that. That's what God says. So that day that you gave your life to Jesus was the day you went from being a slave slash enemy of God to becoming a friend of God. You got to get this today because some of you, this, this stronghold or this lie that you've been believing that I don't belong is keeping you from, experience, from experiencing all of God's love. You ever get invited somewhere and you get there and you're kind of like, ah, I don't know if I belong here. Come on, if you're a country boy and everybody's dressed all preppy, you're like, oh, dang, man. People got skinny jeans on. Like my, my jeans get skinny. My jeans get skinny when I eat too much bluebell. Come on, somebody. Like, but, but I didn't buy skinny jeans. They got skinny. <laughs> but do you ever do you ever do that? Do you ever get invited somewhere and you feel like you don't belong and then you're uncomfortable? So what happens after that? You don't get to enjoy the experience because you're believing the lie and you're struggling the whole time to just belong. So Jesus has something to say about that. Listen to what he says in verse 15 and 16. He makes a couple of statements. Verse 15, he says this, and I want you to let these words wash through you because they're going to tear down that stronghold inside of you. I, Jesus is saying this, I no longer call you slaves. You are my friends. Woo. Let it let it fall. Let the lie fall right now in the name of Jesus. Let it fall. You belong. Jesus died on the cross for you to belong. He gave his life for you to belong. He suffered for you to belong. God set it up. He sent his one and only son so that you could belong. You belong. Don't let the enemy lie to you anymore. You belong. You're a child of God. Somebody gave their life for you. You belong. You're not the scum of the earth. You've actually become royalty. You belong. You are my friends. Verse 16, look at what he says. Just in case you don't believe that so far. (laughs) Look at what he says. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Ha! The enemy's trying to convince you you got to God when you wanted to get to God. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God moved heaven and earth to get you to him. You didn't choose him. He chose you. He put a spotlight on you. He moved the world to get you and put you right in front of him so that you can make one decision. Am I going to give my life to you or not? He chose you. You didn't choose him. Wow. You see, only after you receive... This kind of love, can you begin to give it away? Some of you are very familiar with the lies of the enemy. You've been reciting and rehearsing them your whole life. I want you to shut that up today. I want you to take the statements from verse 15 and the statements from verse 16 and start shoving them down his throat. And every time he would begin to lie to you, say, oh, you don't belong to that church. You don't belong to that family. You're not saved. You don't belong in God's kingdom. Shut up. 
God said, I'm not a slave anymore. I'm his friend. God's my friend. I can call him anytime I need him. He's right here with me. I don't need your permission. I know who I am. Shut up. And by the way, I didn't choose him. He chose me. Come on. You got to get a little thug in you. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you just got to let it out. Come on. Now, don't, don't, don't go into sin. Be, you know. Jesus is number. <laughs> but I believe when you receive and experience this kind of love, you almost have to give it away. You have to give it away because you experience this freedom that I once was an enemy and a slave. I'm not that anymore. I'm a friend. God, can you wrap your brain around that? You're a friend of God. Like you're friends with the dude who, who created all this. I've come to realize this. If I needed it this bad, surely everyone, every, every person I come into contact needs it equally bad. And I just want to throw this in there because we're living in a jacked up world today. Could it be that the problems we're facing as a society today can be changed by this kind of love? Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Three things will last forever. Three things will last forever. Watch this. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest, say the greatest. The greatest of these is love. It's going to remain forever. So despite how you've experienced love in your life, whether you trust it or not, I'm not asking you today to trust people. I'm asking you today to trust God. I'm asking you today to let God love you. And then as he loves you, turn and give that love away to anybody who you would come around. So here's the encouragement. I'm going to wrap it up with this. Can I get a keyboard player or guitars? It's an Asian invasion. Come on, somebody. That's a good invasion. Thank you, Andrew. You want to go deep? How many of you want to go deep? I want to go deep. Let me encourage you with this. Go deep, deep, deep into God's love. Let him love you. And then just simply turn and give that away. Give it away to your household. Give it away to your workplace. Give it away to the people at the gym, the people on the highway. Watch this. This is when it gets worse. The people at Walmart. Give it away to the cash registers at Walmart or the lack thereof. Go deep into God's love and then give it away to anyone who comes around you. Last statement and then we'll pray today. Deep is not what you can put in your head. Deep is what God can pass through your life. That's deep. Because your head knowledge does not accomplish anything. What God can pass through your life is what changes the world around you. Amen? Let's pray.
Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the promise of abiding, standing, continuing, being present, enduring. We thank you for that invitation today, God. We thank you for the promises that come with abiding, the promises that come with remaining. God, help us to be people when when the world goes crazy around us, when life goes crazy all around us, we stay with you, God. We don't move to the left or the right. We don't lag behind. We don't run ahead. We stay put. We stay right there with you. And we listen. And when you say to do whatever it is that you tell us to do, God, we do it and we experience the love that comes with it. Help us today. Help us to be people that produce much fruit, lasting fruit. That the world, the lost and dying and crazy and flipped upside down world right now can pick fruit from our lives and find nourishment. That they'll see something in our life that looks like life itself and they'll come and want to pick from our lives. Where do you get all that joy? Where do you get all that peace? Where do you get that patience? Where does that love come from? And in the process, they'll discover you, God. May we bring glory to you, Jesus, in all that we do, in all that we say. Help us to go deep, 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 deep into your love. And as we experience it, help us to freely give it away. So nobody looking around this morning, I want us to deal with this a little bit. I want you to respond to this message. If you felt like maybe in the past or even presently, you've just kind of strayed away and disconnected yourself from Jesus. If you're being honest, you know that some things are drying up inside. There's not much joy. There's not much peace. If that's you today, just lift your hand real quick. Wow. All around the room. Praise God. It's the right message. You can put your hands down. Let's pray this together if that's you. Lord Jesus, I'm here today realizing that I've let some things pull me away. If I'm being honest, I noticed, but I was in denial. I've been running. I got hurt, I got offended, I got disappointed, and I ran.
I just want to confess that and ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. Would you reconnect me to the vine? I want my life to produce fruit, good fruit. And I want my life to give you glory from here on. Now, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never started a relationship with him and you'd like to do that, you go, man, this Jesus guy is pretty incredible. I I really want to start a relationship with him. If that's you, no one looking around. If that's you, you've never given your life to Jesus. You want to do that today? The Bible says you can do that right here, right now. So amazing. I just want to introduce you to him real quick. If that's you, just raise your hand. Anybody? Come on. Praise God. Let's pray to this together. Jesus, I come to you today admitting that I'm a sinner. I've fallen short. Left to myself, there's only disaster in front of me. I believe in my heart that Jesus died on the cross for me and that God, you rose him from the dead and he's sitting at your right hand and I want to make a confession. Jesus, I give you my life and you are my Lord. Come into me. Have your way with me. Save me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap this morning?